starting a new series today. One small step. And uh, we're going to talk about how daily decisions ultimately define our destiny. Small steps lead to great things. And we're going to start reading today in our Bibles in Genesis chapter 12. And so if you have a Bible today, I want to encourage you to grab it. Go to Genesis chapter 12. If you're watching online today, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you have a Bible, Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to be today. We're going to start reading in verse number one of Genesis chapter 12. And I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles open today. We're going to refer back to these verses often. We're going to look to chapter 11 a little bit. And so uh, just be ready uh, to dive into God's word. How many of you are ready to dive into God's word and do a little bit of study today? All right, good. Genesis chapter 12, verse number one, the Bible says this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed so everybody say so, so. leave it in the chat today so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. We'll pause right there and for our scripture reading this morning. I want to bring a message today that I'm calling Little by Little. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, Little by Little. Leave it in the chat this morning, Little by Little. Let's have a word of prayer together. God, thank you so much for this day that you've given us. God, thank you for the great first service that we had. Thank you for this moment for this time that you have allotted to us. And God, I pray that we can focus in on your word today. God, we believe that your word has the power to change our lives and to transform us from the inside out. And God, as we read our Bibles today, we recognize that ultimately the Bible is reading us. And God, I pray that we would leave this place differently. I pray that we would start 2021 with a renewed focus uh, on your word. And God, that it would not just be about what we want to do, but it would be about what your word uh, instructs us to do. And uh, we love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Over the last several years, we have had some exciting developments in our country in the realm of space exploration. Is anybody interested in space exploration in the room? Okay, yeah, exciting times, right? Elon Musk has come out with the Starship, and uh, the Starship is uh, this spaceship that will literally take civilians uh, into space and uh, to the moon and to Mars, he says, eventually. How many of you have given the opportunity right now you would get on that Starship and you would go to the moon? Anybody like that right now? You're there? Okay, how many of you are like, never, I'll never do that, okay? Some of you. Back in December of 2019, the United States made big progress because we initially started the uh, new branch of the military, the United States Space Force, right? That's pretty cool. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the Department of Defense officially declared a member of the Space Force to be called a guardian, okay? Which is pretty cool for a lot of reasons, one of which is now we literally have guardians of the galaxy in 2021, all right? So we've officially made it, and 2021 is off to a great step and a great start. 
But I think the most historic moment in our country in the realm of space exploration is that uh, historic and iconic day when we landed on the moon, right? And uh, uh, man stepped foot on the moon, and uh, the famous statement that was made by Neil Armstrong, he said, that's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind, right? What a great uh, moment that was when we landed on the moon, one of the most incredible moments in human history. And this morning, as we start this new year, and as we begin this new year, I believe it's imperative for us to recognize that there is great power and there is great potential in taking one small step. And a lot of times we, uh, this time of year, we like to make big resolutions and we like to dream big and set really uh, grandeur goals. And I think we should. I think there's a place for uh, big faith. I think that the Bible calls us to radical abandonment and to stretch our faith. One of our core values as a church is that we're not afraid to dream big. And so we want to dream big and we want to have big faith. But the problem is a lot of times we like to dream big dreams, but we hate to take the small steps. And we despise those days of small beginnings. Mark Twain, he said this, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and starting on the first one. And so he says, hey, break it down and start with that one singular step. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 21. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Everybody say a few things. Leave it in the chat today. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And so he says, hey, be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the small steps. Be faithful in those little areas that can lead to great things in your life. Psalm 37, verse number 23, a paramount verse on how God will guide us and direct our steps. And I'm so thankful that that God gives us the direction that we need uh, through uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit and through uh, the power of God's word. But I love Psalm 37, verse 23. It says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then it goes on and says this, and he delighteth in his way. And I thought about that, and I thought, I love that, that God as a loving father, he loves and he celebrates the fact that we will take steps. Uh, Just as uh, parents, sometimes we will be excited for our children. You know, if they take their first steps, we will cheer them on. And and we get excited sometimes over little things with our kids, right? When it's not your kid, you're like, that's not a big deal. But when it's your kid, you're like, man, this is amazing, right? Look at them. And uh, and, uh, it's awesome when you want to celebrate those small steps of your children. I just want you to know that God is not up in heaven just waiting for you to mess up in 2021 and he's not just there with a charged lightning bolt just ready to throw it down no God is in heaven waiting for you to take that next step and when you take that next step that he wants to celebrate that step and he wants to rejoice over you in that step and so we have to recognize that God celebrates us when we take those steps and so the question is why don't we take more steps If we know that God celebrates those steps, why don't we take more steps? And I believe that all of us today, we have uh, steps that we need to take because no matter where you are on your Christian journey, uh, there's always a next step to take, right? Whether you've been saved for two days or 20 years, there's always a next step that we can take. We can take a step uh, of faith. Uh, We can take a step uh, and tithe and start giving uh, to the Lord. We can take that step. We can take a step of joining into a small group or, hey, I need to serve on the dream team and I don't want to just come and be a consumer. I want to be a contributor. And so I'm going to come and be a part of the dream team and recognize that God is doing something that's bigger than any one individual. And so I'm going to get together and strive together and I'm going to take that step and I'm going to join into a team. See, all of us have a step that we need to take. And we can't despise the days of small 
beginnings. Dio Moody, he said this, there are many of us that are willing to do great things for the Lord, but few of us are willing to do the little things. See, we all want to change the world and we all want to do big things for God, but are we willing to change ourselves? Are we willing to start small and say, you know what, I'm going to do the little things, maybe the things that no one else will notice, the things that go unnoticed, that's where I'm going to start. It's the small steps. Now, I think that uh, one of the most powerful examples of this in scripture is a man by the name of Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Now, Abraham is a very prominent and powerful uh, character in Scripture. And if you grew up in church, you grew up in Sunday school, uh, we used to sing this song all the time in Sunday school called Father Abraham. Anybody familiar with this song, Father Abraham? The most obnoxious children's song that's known to mankind, right? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, dance around. Makes no sense. We just sing it to get the energy out of the kids, right? I used to love singing that song in Sunday school. And uh, we sing about Father Abraham, but we have to recognize that Abraham uh, was a powerful and prominent character in Scripture. And because Abraham took one step of faith, the entire nation of Israel was born. And because Abraham was willing to take that step, uh, ultimately uh, the Messiah, the seed of the Messiah would come through his line. Ultimately, we would have Jesus Christ, all because Abraham took that one step of faith. In the New Testament, Abraham is called the friend of God. Abraham is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. A lot of times Christians call that chapter the hall of faith. Abraham is known for his faith. He's known for God doing some great things in his life, but it started with one step. Everybody say one step. step. Leave it in the chat today. One step. But it almost didn't happen. Because as you look to Abraham's origin story, as we're going to look to in Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12, we see that there were many obstacles to Abraham and in front of Abraham uh, that were blocking him from taking that next step. And and I've learned in my life that so many times when I want to take that next step and when I want to say, okay, I'm going to stretch and I'm going to stretch out and take this next step by faith, a lot of times there's something standing in the way. There's fear that's standing in the way. There's finances that's standing in the way. There's something that's standing in the way. And what we see in Genesis chapter 11 and 12 are some obstacles that were standing in the way of Abraham taking that step of faith that God called him to. And so this morning, for a few minutes, I want to give us four obstacles that are standing in the way of us taking one small step. Would that be okay? Let's identify four obstacles together. Number one, if you're taking notes, the first obstacle that I see is family struggles. Family struggles. Now, if you have a Bible, we're going to jump back to chapter number 11, and we're going to start reading in verse number 27. If you're with me, would you say amen? Amen. Verse 27, it says this. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram. This is uh, Abraham. Before his name was changed to Abraham, this is Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And so we're introduced to uh, Abram's family. Now, uh, verse number 27 of chapter 11 doesn't tell us a whole lot about his family, but as you study scripture elsewhere, we learn a little bit more about his family upbringing and about his heritage. Joshua chapter 24, verse number 2 says this, and Joshua said unto all the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in the old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and watch this, and they served other gods. And so what we learn right off the bat about Abraham's family is that Abraham's family was steeped in idolatry, that Abraham was raised in a pagan household. The Bible tells us that uh, he was from Ur of the Chaldees. Ur of the Chaldees was a very prominent city when it comes to trade, a very important city. It was known for its vast libraries. It was known for its university. And so it was a very prominent city. I believe we have a map today. Uh, It is uh, located today in 
modern-day Iraq, but he makes this journey from Ur of the Chaldees into the land that God had called him in. But uh, the Ur of the Chaldeans, they were uh, steeped in pagan worship. They were most prominently known for star and moon worship, a form of pantheism, uh, where essentially uh, the universe is God, and I can just kind of worship whatever I want as God. C.S. Lewis said this, the pantheist God does not, uh, does nothing, demands nothing. If Excuse me, he is there if you wish for him, like a book on a shelf. He will not pursue you. But what I love about that statement that C.S. Lewis made is that when we look to the life of Abraham, that's exactly what our God does. He does pursue Abraham. Even when Abraham and his family was steeped in idolatry, God said, you know what? I still want to use Abraham, and I still have a plan for Abraham, and I still have a purpose for Abraham. Even though his family tree is all messed up, I still have a plan for his life, and I'm here to tell somebody today that God wants to use you in spite of your background, in spite of your baggage, no matter what your family history looks like, God has a plan for your life. See, Abraham, what we have to see is he didn't grow up in a pastor's home. He didn't grow up in Sunday school. He, he didn't grow up and hear stories as a child, and he didn't, he didn't get Rock Hill Kids bucks from Rock Hill Kids, and he, he didn't get to experience all of that. But God, in his grace, called him out of that paganism and said, I have a purpose for your life. See, a lot of times the reason why we don't take the next step of faith in our lives is because there is some sort of family struggle that is holding us back. Some sort of family pain or family issue. I I would step out in faith and I would be faithful to church and be faithful in my commitment, but when I was young, I was abused by a family member. So I can't, I can't take a step of faith. Or I would take a step of faith and I would be dedicated and I would join the dream team and I would serve and I would give, but I can't do that because my family would think I'm weird and they would call me crazy and so I can't take that step of faith. And so often we are trapped in our complacency because there is some sort of family issue that is standing in the way of us taking that next step. And I just want to tell you today that you are not defined by a family struggle and you are not labeled by a limitation. Just like Abraham, God has a plan for your life and he can call you out of that mess and he's chosen you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so we see that family struggles were standing in the way. Joshua Chapter 24, verse 15 says this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, like Terah, Abraham's father, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But then Joshua makes this statement. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe there ought to be some men and women today that say, you know what? I can't control what my family did to me, and I can't control today what my family does, but I can make this statement with confidence. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you know what? I can't control everyone around me, but as for me and my house, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm not going to let a family struggle stand in the way of me taking that next step in God's calling for my life. And so we see The first obstacle is family struggles. The second obstacle today, number two, is this, painful circumstances. So often the pain of our past keeps us from stepping into our future. And what we see is that Abraham and his family had some painful circumstances. First, they experienced death in the family. Notice verse number 28. If you're still with me, would you say amen today? And Haran died before his father, Terah in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And so Haran, Abram's brother, passed away. Terah's son died. He died at a relatively young age. His father outlived him, Terah. And so this was a devastating time for this family. They were experiencing great tragedy. They experienced the loss of a loved one. 
And this is a painful experience. And I thought about this, and I thought back to even the last eight, nine months in our church where many of our church members have lost loved ones. And there's been funerals. There's been heartache. But we have to understand that when we experience loss, that we do not sorrow as those without hope. That the Bible gives us hope on the subjects of life and death. And we know that there is life beyond the grave. And we do have hope uh, even uh, after this life. And I love what the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Can I tell you, this is why we have hope today. We have a living hope because Jesus Christ conquered the grave. And because Jesus Christ conquered the grave, we can as well. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that the dead in Christ will rise first, and those that remain will be caught up together and we're going to have one big grand reunion in the air with Jesus Christ and so that's why we don't sorrow as those without hope because we do have hope and the promise of eternal life but so often we allow pain to keep us from our purpose here's Abraham lost his brother and so not only was there death in the family but there was also great discouragement in the family because notice verse number 30 of chapter 11 But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And we saw this in our Can't Steal My Joy series, but in ancient culture, infertility was seen as disgraceful. And so the fact that Abram was unable to have children with his wife Sarai, this would have been something that was painful, something that they carried with them often. This was devastating and discouraging for them. And what I want us to all realize and get caught up in the emotion of this story is that Abram did not have an easy upbringing. His family was steeped in idolatry. They experienced tragic loss They experience devastating and discouraging circumstances, and so often we will allow that pain to be a stumbling block into our future. And we don't take that next step of faith, and we don't take that next step, that one small step that God has for us because we're holding on to some sort of pain from our past. But I believe that pain can either be a stumbling block or it can be a stepping stone. We can allow that pain to be a stumbling block and we can trip over it and we can not take that next step or we can say, you know what? God does have a purpose in my pain and God does have a plan even when it hurts. And so I'm going to take that next step and I'm going to allow that pain to actually usher me into the presence of God and I'm going to allow that pain to be used not for my glory, but for God's glory. I'm aware of the fact that pain is necessary to all of us. In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. God has a purpose even when we're hurting. Psalm, 38, Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. If you're hurting today, if you're carrying some pain, just know that Jesus is with you. And just like the song that we sang, he is in front of you, behind you, beside you. He loves you. He's for you. He's going to be there every step of the way painful circumstances. This leads us to our third obstacle that we see in the text today. Are you ready for number three? Number three is partial obedience. A lot of times the reason that we don't take that full step of faith and the reason we don't move forward in the calling that God has for us is because we're not obeying fully, that there's partial obedience. I want you to see it in verse number 31. Now we're going to have to do a little bit of deep dive and a little bit of study. Would that be okay? We're going to have to go a little bit uh, past the surface here. Verse 31, and Terah took Abram, his son, And Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his 
son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And so there's a very significant thing that's taking place here in this verse. I want you to recognize that they came to Haran and they dwelt there. In fact, if you have a habit of underlining your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that phrase, they dwelt there. They went to Haran and they dwelt there. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? What's so significant about going to Haran and dwelling there? Well, to understand that more fully, we have to read the next verse in the next chapter in chapter 12. So notice verse number one of chapter 12. If you're still with me, would you say amen? Amen. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, he had said, key phrase. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He had past tense. He had previously already told Abram to get out of that land and to step out into the unknown. He already told him that. Did you guys see it? He had said. So when did he tell him? Well, we don't see it in chapter 11 and we don't see it in chapter 12, but if we fast forward to the New Testament, uh, Stephen was preaching a message and Stephen talks about this and it sheds light on Genesis chapter 12. By the way, the best commentary on the Bible is always the Bible. And sometimes we have to dive a little bit deeper to understand the significance and the meaning because in Acts chapter 7, verse number 2, it says this, and he said, men, brethren and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Quran or Haran. And so he says, hey, God came to Abraham before he went to Haran and said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. That wasn't Haran. And so what we see is that God already told Abram, hey, you need to take a step of faith and you need to go into the land that I will show thee. But Abram did take that step. He took a half step, but then he got to Haran And he dwelt there. And so what we see is partial obedience. He took a step, but this is not a full step. This is a full step. And see, what happens a lot of time in our lives is we take a step, but we leave one foot in the world. We say, you know what, I'll come to church and I'll, I'll be faithful and I'll kind of I'll, I'll do what God wants me to do on Sundays or, you know, I'll come to small group throughout the week. But, but just in case, you know, I'm going to keep one foot over here and kind of dabble in what I want to do and, and then I'll have a fallback plan. And so often we, we take a half step and there's partial obedience. It's interesting, some commentators say the reason why Terah, Abraham's father, uh, stopped in Haran was because the city of Haran had the same name and reminded him of his son Haran. And so he was staying stuck in his pain. And it was reminiscent of his son, and so they went to Haran and they dwelt there. And so often we take a half step, but this is not a comfortable way to live. The Bible says you cannot serve God and man. And a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's why Elijah said, hey, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. And I just want to encourage somebody today to, to, to take that full step of obedience and to say, you know what? I'm not going to have one foot in the world and one foot out. I'm going to follow God with all my heart and with all my soul, wherever God wants me to go. I'm not going to have partial obedience and a half step. And stay stuck in Haran. A lot of times, what else we do is this. We will take a step of faith, and it was a good step. And it was a full step. And we decided, you know, in 2020, we're going to read our Bibles, and we're going to do what God wants us to do. And so we took a step of faith, and it was a good step. And we celebrated that step. The only problem is, it's been six, seven months since you've taken another step. And if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll take a step, and we'll turn it into a seat, And rather than keep on stepping in the plan that God has for us, we get comfortable in Haran. 
And we celebrate that step that we took six months ago, but God said, you know, I never meant for you to take that step and to stay stuck there. I intended for you to take that step and then take another step and then take another step and to continually seek my face for all of your days. And I just want to tell somebody today that it's time to get out of Haran. It's time to take that full step and say, you know, I'm going to step beyond my pain. I'm going to step beyond my past. And 2021 is going to be dedicated to the Lord. I'm going to take a full step of faith. I'm not going to take a step and turn it into a seat. Far too long we stay stuck in our stagnation. And we get comfortable. And we dwell in Haran. And we don't move forward in the plan that God has for us. Today we have to move past partial obedience and say, I'm, I'm all in, whatever God wants me to do. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse number 18, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say, a new thing. Leave it in the chat today. A new thing. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love God. I love the fact that God can bring about a new beginning and a fresh start and new opportunities. And so we see the problem. They stayed stuck in Haran. But I want you to see now the promise in verse number two. If you're still with me, would you say amen? amen. Verse two, he says, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, this is what we call the Abrahamic covenant. This was a promise that God made to Abraham. In fact, there are seven promises contained in these two verses. He says, I'm going I'm to have you usher in this new nation. This nation would be what we know as Israel. And uh, uh, we're going to bless Israel. And through, through the nation of Israel, all other nations will be blessed through this one nation. Now, partial fulfillments of this have already come true. Uh, we've seen God bless Israel time and time again. That's why we ought to be friends with Israel, right? And uh, God promises to bless those that bless Israel. On May 14, 1948, uh, the United States officially recognized the birth of the modern nation of Israel. This was a historic day uh, in our world, but it was also a very important day in biblical prophecy and according to biblical uh, timelines that, that, na that the nation of Israel was declared a sovereign state. Our president at the time was President Harry Truman, and I read a story about this day and how he had a key role of, of seeing this come to fruition. And upon the, uh, the, the signing uh, of this and upon the completion of this, the chief rabbi of Israel at the time was a man named Isaac Halevi Herzog, and he sent word to President Harry Truman, and he said this, God put you in your mother's womb so that you would be the instrument to bring about the rebirth of Israel after 2,000 years. And people that were in the room that day with Harry Truman said that as soon as he received that message from the chief rabbi of Israel, he began to cry because he recognized the weight of that statement. And he recognized the significance of the moment that Israel, God's promises are coming true. And he recognized, and all of this goes back to Genesis chapter 12, the Abrahamic covenant, God's promise to Israel. And I want to show you the greatest promise from this promise is in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 14. It says this, that the blessing of Abraham... What is he talking about? All the way back in Genesis chapter 12. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through 
Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, the greatest blessing of this promise is that through the seed of Abraham came Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Abraham was willing to take one small step and say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to step out into the unknown. And as he did, a nation was born. And through that nation came the Messiah. And through the Messiah comes salvation to all of humanity for those that believe. Never underestimate the power of one small step. Jesus came through his seed. And so we see that there are obstacles for us taking these these steps. The obstacle of family struggles. The obstacle of painful circumstances. The obstacle of partial obedience. But there's one final obstacle that I want to point out today. Number four, the obstacle of a limited perspective. A lot of times what keeps us from taking the next step and and hitting our goals and meeting those New Year's resolutions is we have a limited perspective. And I want you to see it in verse number one of Genesis chapter 12. It says this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He said, Abram, I want you to take a step of faith and I want you to get out of thee. He told him, And so often, that is where we fall short of taking our next step because we'll take the next step when we can directly see how it's going to benefit us or when we can directly see how it's going to play out. And if I know that I'm going to get blessed in return, if I can see where that blessing is going to come from, then I'll take a step of faith. But that's not how faith works. Martin Luther King Jr. says faith is taking a step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Taking a step even when we can't see. This goes against the very nature of our human instinct because we want to know the details. We want to know the plan. We want to know the specifics. And uh, when I drive, whenever I drive, it doesn't matter if I've been to that place one time or a thousand times, um, I always like to use my Maps application on my phone. How many of you use the Maps app on your phone? I always like to use it because I like to see, even if I know how to get there, I like to see the traffic. I like to see the estimated time of arrival. I like to see if there's different routes. And I like to look at the estimated time of arrival and make sure that I can shave off a few minutes, right? And make sure it's my, my time of arrival is a little bit sooner. And I like to see all of the details. Can I tell you, that's not how God works. It'd be so nice if the day that we got saved, we just got a welcome packet. Welcome to the family. Here's the next 72 steps of your life. There's no faith in that. And so God wants us to take one step at a time. And watch how Abraham does it. Notice it in verse number four. So Abram departed Okay, God, I don't know where I'm going. 2021, who knows what the new normal is? I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But Abraham said, okay. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and 5 years old, and he departed out of Haran. He got out of his comfort zone. He got out of the pain of his past and said, I'm stepping into the future that God has for me. And I want you to see in the next following verses that everything is characterized by movement and and how Abram was taking action. Notice it in verse 5. And Abram took his wife, uh, Sarai, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth. Everybody say, went forth. He kept on going. Verse number 6. And Abram passed through. Everybody say, passed through. He kept on going, verse number eight, and he removed from thence, so he didn't stay there. He said, I'm going to keep on going, verse number nine, and Abram journeyed, going on still. You know how Abram lived his life? One step at a time. 
I don't know how everything is going to be played out, but I'm going to keep on taking one step at a time and trusting God each step of the way. See, what we want to do is we just want to skip to the top. We just want to get to that mountaintop experience and experience success where everything's easy, when we can kind of just relax and, and take things easy. But that's not how God works. You know, even if, even if we were to take a helicopter and just be dropped off on Mount Everest, even if we didn't have to make the climb, we just went and we're at the top of Mount Everest, we wouldn't be able to survive there because our lungs would not be acclimated. See, you need to make the journey in order to enjoy the view. And a lot of times we just want to skip and experience the success and get to the top. But you might be able to skip some steps and experience some level of spiritual success, but you won't be able to stay there long because you won't be spiritually acclimated. We have to make the journey one step at a time. Start with the little things. Start with the small steps. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Continually. This morning, my message is very simple. My question is very simple. What is the next step that God would have you to take? Maybe it's joining a small group. Maybe it's tithing and trusting God with the tithe. Maybe it's joining a serve team. Maybe it's forgiving someone. Maybe it's going to marriage counseling. Maybe it's reading a book. Whatever that step is, I would encourage you, take that one small step and then don't stay stuck in Haran. Keep on moving and keep on stepping into the future that God has for you. I'm going to read two more verses. And as I read them, would you join me in standing this morning? Verse number seven of our text says this, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed, will I give this land? And there, there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And I love this as Abram is going through Canaan and as he's arriving where God wants him to go, he doesn't take matters into his own hands. And he doesn't say, you know what, we need to start marrying the Canaanite women and we need to start buying and purchasing land so I can take over this land that God promised to me. No, he didn't know what the next step was. And so what did he do? He worshiped. He built an altar between Bethel and Hai. And he said, I'm going to worship in this moment. One of the most spiritually mature things that you can do is worship while you wait. Even when you don't know what the next step is that you're going to determine, I'm going to be faithful in worship. See, Abraham was just faithful in taking the one small step. He wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. He took some steps backwards. And I just want to encourage you, yes, 2021, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to take a step of faith and then, oh, you're going to fail and you're going to mess up and you're going to make mistakes. And as you keep on making mistakes, just remember that God will keep on making mercy and that his mercies are new every morning. And as a friend told me recently, it's like God is making a fresh batch of mercy muffins every morning just for you. His mercy is available to you every single day. And so I just want to encourage you, take the next step and little by little, see how God does a great work in your life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today.